Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm Super Strong Mike Declaration. And I am Shanjiro Otani. That's one of the names of the show, Super Strong Men Declaration. Okay. I mean, this is a show is like, it's the best of the Super Junior, so it's not all in one night. Like, the J-Cup. The show first? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Welcome to episode 119, Best of the Super Juniors 1? Ish? Asterix? 1994? Yeah, because I think they took a couple years off. Well, they used to call it Top of the Super Juniors. Oh, okay. Ah. And this is the first Best nice. of the Super Juniors. Okay, that makes sense. I was is, trying uh, to figure that out. Because got a little bit of Liger in it. Liger breathed some air into this, brought some bros over to fucking do some shit. So this was the first... Like I said, first Best of Super Juniors produced by New Japan Pro Wrestling. They had run a similar tournament called Top of the Super Juniors since 1988. It was a round-robin tournament with 11 men running from May 26th to June 13th, 1994. So it's basically kind of what we think of the G1 Climax nowadays. Yeah, round is round-robin always a point thing? Yeah. Okay. I don't know a whole. I like. I know how the G one works, but I don't know how like. It's a round round. And it's a round, but it's just broken up into blocks. They didn't break these guys up into blocks. Yeah, yeah. They did just all eleven doing ten matches each. So sounds great. But yes, one of the tapes that we got for this, they were basically it was four weekly episodes of the New Japan Pro Wrestling. TV show. Yeah, the TV Asahi show they that had. covered time. the best of Super Junior. So we only got like three days of matches. And some of those are even just like highlights, basically. Like yeah. Like key, key moments of the match or whatever. Yeah, because they don't do they, like television shows. So, But they did record stuff. So it's like, okay, well, here's in the week of. It's kind of a, a lot of this is taken from their... Like WCW Saturday Night type of thing, the, their television show they can't they got to get let's catch up on everything so we're not going to get every single best of Super Junior match because so they have this, other... this tournament ran for seventeen days yeah but we're literally only going to watch stuff from like four days of the tournament yeah in seventeen days but it was seventeen days where each show wasn't just these matches no. It's, uh, you know, they're peppered in through the other touring shows that they're doing at the time. Exactly. But we're back in Japan. Yes, we are. I'm glad we're back in Japan. Mm. <laughs> we just, a... you know, we don't have to deal with... Uh, Schmoz. We deal with less Schmoz in Japan, for sure. And it seems like we deal... It's nice when we get the big American boys in a Japan show for a match or two. Absolutely. But 
but also on top of also that. Also nice to get away from bunkhouse bucks sometimes. And Philadelphia. My God. Fucking Philly. Because Japan has some good food. They do. Mm. Japan has awesome food. In Oklahoma, oftentimes it's very difficult to find it on Sunday when I need it, though. <laughs> I, I often will find all these different things that I want to try or bring, and then Sunday rolls around and they're closed or they're out of stock or they're renovating and I'm in a, a last-minute scramble. Or they like just don't Shane. like Shane. I mean, Shane does have a, a problem when it comes to ordering from places... Yeah. Typically, it's they get my stuff wrong, but luckily, they haven't got any of the things I've ordered for this uh, podcast wrong. However, I was going to go for an Asian-themed taco, but in the uh, last-minute pinch, I decided to go to uh, a personal favorite of mine, Yokozuna. Not just a, an awesome sushi place here in Oklahoma City, but uh, also in Tulsa. And, of course, it has the tie-in to the, uh, the world of the... Japanese sumo wrestling and WWE, so it's like a nice little tie-in all around. The first roll we're eating is the John Tenta. <laughs> That's not true. It's a joke. No, uh, I went for some Oki-inspired uh, options here. One of them is known as the Doppler. You know, us us people in Oklahoma are big on our weather here, so oh, yeah, Twister. Um, cool Doppler movie. five thousand. Supreme or whatever the hell they're calling it now on on the the weather channels. This here roll is a tempura shrimp with what's known as a a hot mess mix. It's a kind of like crab mix, spicy tuna, cream cheese, some kind of goodness all mixed in there. Cream cheese, Philadelphia. Hey, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Just can't get away. Um, but yeah, tempura shrimp, the hot mess hot mess mix. Some diced mango, some jalapeno, a little avocado on top, some strawberries, spicy mayo, eel sauce, and sesame seed. Then I went for another local, I don't know, favorite, but a local artist. The band The Flaming Lips is popular in some crowds. (laughs) (laughs) And because Probably not this one. I mean, I was a big fan at at a point in my life, but it's funny how things go in and out of style because I remember liking it being annoyed by it it and then people all shitting on it and now there's like kids that like talk to that are like 20 21 and they are into that and the Grateful Dead which I'm just like what is fucking going on that fucking 20 year olds are listening to the Grateful Dead like maybe they're on hallucinogens I don't know I can't figure it out it's it's the hipster thing to do now Grateful you Dead know get get yours if, um, if they'd like to purchase my 2003 Flaming Lips tour shirt for a lot of money, I'll sell it. Hey, it's vintage. Yeah, yeah, 2003 <laughs> vintage. I'll sell it for 80 bucks. Uh, but yeah, we got the uh, Flaming Lips roll. Yellowtail, jalapeno, avocado, some red bell pepper, topped with uh, snow crab, some tura, tempura crunchies, and what's known as a sweet, evil, and spicy mayo. And since um, we're in Japan, everything is evil. Yes. Everything is evil. Everything is delicious. Yeah, I don't know which one I... I think I like the... Uh, surprisingly, the Flaming Lips one a little better. Just because it has a, a kick more heat for me. Yeah, they're both really, really good. I don't know Yoko I like the Zuna. role better than I like the band. Mm. And I definitely like the role a whole lot better than I like the uh, front man for the band. Who's 
There's some good stuff, but I like the stuff with guitars more than the stuff without guitars. Yeah, the first time I heard Flaming Lips, it was really weird because I didn't realize that's what everybody was talking about. Yeah, you're like, who who wants to listen to a guy that's not as good as Neil Young sing like Neil Young? (laughs) I literally picked the only Flaming Lips song that I could probably tell you is the one from the Batman Forever soundtrack. Oh, which one is that? I have yeah. no clue. Okay, cool. Uh, but the, yeah, there's some fun stuff with when they were a guitar band, and then it time turned. It doesn't matter. It's not worth talking about. But you know what is worth talking about? Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yes, sir. Well, actually, stuff that happened right around oh, the same time. That Best too. of Super Juniors. Okay. Speed, starring Keanu Reeves Love and it. Sandra Bullock, would be released a few days prior. The Pop quiz, hot shot. <laughs> The, uh, yeah, we, oh, what's the speed in speed? 55 miles an hour. Is it? Yeah. It's like we can't, that's the joke I was going to make is that we can't drive 55, but I couldn't remember if the 55 was the right speed. I should have known better. You know that this movie was ghost written by Sammy Sammy Hagar. Hagar. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah. And this is also kind of the like biggest movie that. Dennis Hopper did after being like kicked out of Hollywood for being a monster outside of smaller and smaller roles but this movie was a huge film yes the biggest film Dennis Hopper had been in in a very long time and probably the last big film of his career Super Mario Brothers movie didn't really work out for him I mean I liked it but I don't know that anybody really enjoyed (laughs) making it Uh, a lot of people didn't enjoy watching it I love Super Mario Brothers, the game. Oh, yeah. I've never allowed myself to watch the movie. The movie is a fun head-scratcher. That's a way to describe it. <laughs> I mean, I'm down for Dennis Hopper in any Dennis situation. Hopper. Have you guys ever seen Space Truckers? No. Well, Dennis Hopper's in a really bad movie called Space Truckers. I love Dennis Hopper <laughs> so much that I love to quote Polly Shore from Biodome doing his... Dennis Hopper, Blue Velvet. Oh, I'm slutty. Oh, I'm slutty. <laughs> As he breathes his... Mm-hmm. You know what a love letter is? <laughs> it's a bullet. Or a fucking gun. Uh, but yeah, Speed. It's better than Speed 2. <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched Speed 2 because... You don't like, need to. Speed 2, it's on a Speed, boat. Well, because like <laughs> it came out and people were just like, yeah, this is horrible. And I was just like, okay, I don't need to watch it. Yep. Did Bullock come back for Speed 2? Yes, she did. Okay, I just remember the end of Speed 2. did not, and we got Jason Patrick instead. Who's Jason Patrick? Exactly, Exactly. yeah. (laughs) But this is like... But it didn't seem to kill Sandy's uh, career too bad. No, she still had a couple of Miss Congeniality movies to make. Uh, Demolition Man, I believe, is after this. She had some practical magic in her future, and then, you know, Oscar came knocking Demolition Man a while later. Okay. Yes, Demolition Man was like her first... She did Speed, and then it was while you were sleeping. I mean, she may have filmed Speed first, but I think Demolition Man yeah. came out first. But this made Sandy a major star. Oh, yeah. Keanu. I mean, I mean is... Point Break had already happened, I believe. Yes. So, yeah, this is like leading up to him reminding I mean, Hollywood that Hollywood had, had already happened. Yeah, but this is leading up to the greatest film of all time, out. The Matrix. I mean, yeah, leading, leading up to Matrix, where he kind of blew up yeah if not now then definitely then yeah and he's obviously had a huge comeback with the john wick movies where everyone's like oh you guys remember action movies and we're like yes action movies and they're like do y'all remember when action movies were nothing but action and we're like oh no this is new 
<laughs> we all love Face Off, but Face Off is not 100% action. John Wick 3 is exhausting amounts of action in a good way. Yes. But what else is an exhausting amount of action? Wrestling. Best of Super Juniors. Of course, these guys... But in a good way. Yeah, yeah. These guys don't get blown up. Definitely not. They, um... They, they, they can go over 55. <sighs> Sometimes I'd wish they'd, they'd slow down. Them. I'm trying to take notes. But there's no bomb if they go, if they slow it down, so... No, no. But, I mean, you know, if we're lucky, we will get Liger Bombs. Liger so, Bombs aplenty. Exactly. So the logo comes on the screen, and then all the competitors come out to the ring to pose for a picture with the trophy. They all have sashes on, like a beauty pageant to say who they are. And then we get highlight videos of different wrestlers. And the commentators introduce themselves with Masa Saito joining them. We haven't seen him since WCW New Japan Pro Wrestling Super Show 3, back in episode 83. And then they throw to highlights from 1988, where Hiroshi Hase and Shiro Koshinika would meet in the finals of Top of the Super Juniors. They then go to 91, where Norio Hanaga would defeat Jushin Thunder Liger. And then also 92, in which Liger would tear the mask of El Samurai off before defeating him. Liger, you spicy boy. On to 93, we would see Pegasus Kid beat El Samurai. To be champ. They put the white boy over. Poor El Samurai. Liger was like, oh, I know talent when I see him. But these first four matches that we're going to cover, they all come from Sumi on May 26th with an attendance of 3,800 people. That's almost as much as uh, showed up for (laughs) the last time. Yeah, and this was probably a small... Gymnasium. Small gymnasium yeah. tour or whatever, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, they do it, it hits different in Japan. So, our first match Super Delphin versus Taka Mishinoku on day one of the tournament. And both these guys were from Mishinoku Pro. So, we had a, we had a few guys that weren't just New Japan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of similar to JCAS, or J Cup. Shout out my favorite podcast. But, uh, you know, We've seen these guys recently, and uh, of course, we're going to see them again here. They're the the best of the Super Juniors. We cut to Taka tossing Dolphin to the ropes, only for him to come back with a clothesline, start running the ropes again to hit a head-scissors takedown before sending Mishinoku to the corner, which Taka leaps up onto the ropes to moonsault over the charging Super Dolphin Mm. before hitting a belly-to-belly suplex. Mishinoku ducks a clothesline, hits an atomic drop, and a drop kick to send Delphin to the outside before flexing on everybody by faking a dive to the outside. But that jump off the top rope is not like off the buck. He jumps up to the buckle, jumps a couple feet onto the rope, like basically the center. It's crazy, right? (laughs) It's just like, okay, okay, sir. Back in the ring, Super Delphin with a stalling brain buster for a two count. Goes to a camel clutch before the two start slapping each other. Taka begins to run the ropes, but is hit with a drop kick, sending Michinoku to the floor. Followed by Delphin flying out with a plancha. 
Back in the ring, Super Dofin charges into a big boot, allowing Taka to hit a sunset flip for two, followed by a victory roll for a near fall. Dropkick sends Dolphin out to the floor, so Mishinoku leaps up onto the ropes, springboarding himself with a crossbody onto Super Dolphin. Oh my gosh, that's nice. I I called it early because one of my first notes is the brain buster. My hand wasn't quick enough for this match. <laughs> Taka goes for a vertical suplex to bring Dolphin back into the ring, but Super Dolphin floats over and the two trade waist locks before a back elbow dazes Mishinoku. Dolphin goes for a running clothesline, but Taka ducks and hits a bridging German for a two-count. Hurricanrana for a near fall by Michinoku, but then charges into a big boot in the corner, followed by a step-up in Siguri by Super Delphin for a two-count. Delphin dazes Taka with a boot in the corner once again. He then climbs to the second rope to hit a Tornado DDT, and a rolling German suplex into a bridging German suplex <laughs> for the pin and, and the win. win. And the Delphin pin is that weird leg lock pin where he like he does this. The Delphin clutch. Is okay, I didn't know what it was called, but it's unique to him for okay. sure. See, I remember seeing you write. Delphin clutch in here, but I didn't know exactly what the hell the Delphin clutch was. Yeah, so it's like he'd kind of waiting like... for like the. Whatever the hell his name was, Rusev, little camel clutch uh, thing that he used to do. Yeah, but he's got like kind of the legs twisted. Yeah, he crosses the legs. Yeah, and then basically bends them back yeah. over onto the shoulders. A little bit of lever, a little leverage pin. Yeah. We then go to our second match: Dean Malenko versus El Samurai. Also on day one. Could Dean Malenko get a win? I mean, in the in the J-Cup, it was a single elimination thing or whatever, so we only got the one Milenko match. So, you know, maybe we'll see him twice tonight. Who knows? We join the match in progress as Milenko delivers a back elbow and goes for a crossbody, but is caught and countered into a power slam by Samurai for a two-count. Body slam and L Samurai heads up top for a senton, but Dean moves in time, allowing him to hit a tiger driver for the pin... And, and the win. win. You know, Senton... Like, Senton off the top onto the flat back bump. Probably going to knock the wind out of you. On to our third match of Shinjiro Utani versus Wild Pegasus on day one. We join this match in progress as well as Pegasus hits a backbreaker for a two count. Utani fires back with right hands, hits a drop kick before going out to the apron only to return with a springboard dropkick to Wild Pegasus' neck. Jesus Christ. It's, it's, yeah. This is not, sometimes you get a dropkick and they'll be like, oh, they didn't get all of that one. He got all of this and more than either of them bargained for. Like, Owen Hart, a couple weeks ago, kicked Brett's leg out from under, or Mm -hmm. kicked his leg out from his leg. Yeah. Oh, Pegasus' neck just, uh, just got kicked out of his neck. Yeah, yeah. Spinning heel kick, bridging German for two by Shinjiro, picks Pegasus up into a full Nelson, but while Pegasus reverses it into a dragon suplex for a two count. Chops in the corner before Irish whipping Otani for a flare flip to the apron, where Shinjiro goes for another springboard dropkick, but Pegasus just shoves him away to avoid. Yeah, the swat down, like after taking that, I mean... These guys. 
while Pegasus goes for a clothesline, which Otani avoids and looks for a crucifix, but he slips and ends up arm-dragging Pegasus before trying a spinning heel kick that Wild Pegasus avoids as well, hitting a clothesline for a two-count. Powerbomb from Pegasus for a near fall, goes for a vertical suplex, but Shinjiro floats over and rolls up Wild Pegasus with his legs for a two-count. And the big chance for Otani, I'm not sure what promotion he's from. He's in Japan. He's in Japan. He's not a guy I'm super familiar with. Uh, they're behind, they're not pro Gaijin right now. Otani goes for a tombstone pile driver, only to be reversed by Pegasus before coming off the top rope with a diving headbutt. The Shinjiro moves in time. Otani then heads up top, only for Wild Pegasus to meet him there, getting Shinjiro into an electric chair predicament. But Otani reverses it into a sunset flip for the pin and, and the win. win. The Pegasus has fallen. I hate to say it, but I feel the, it, the need to. Mm-hmm. Wild Pegasus neck kick and head to mat. C and CB take uh, head bumps. Always hurts today. It's just like, ooh, ooh, they feel bad. It feels bad for anybody and everybody, but feels a little worse. And harder to watch when you know, when you know, when you know, it's, yeah, yeah. We have one more match from day one. It's our fourth match. Dave Finley versus Jushin Thunder Liger. The David Finley? Oh, Dave Dave Finley. Finley. Yes, that is Fit Finley. That was a shocker kind of looking at him. I've never seen Dave Finley with... Long brown hair. I've only ever known Fit Finley to have the short hair, kind of flat top, yeah. bleached. Yeah. I mean, he looks like a big Hoff's dad here. Oh yeah. He looks. He's. Well, he went from it's being like big best Hoff's of dad the... there to being you know big Hoff's Irish daddy in WCW, <laughs> yeah. and then it's like Junior. Little, junior. What the hell was it? Yeah. Leprechaun in his pocket. Yeah. He's a bologna sandwich away from being a heavyweight. It looks like. Like if it wasn't for Finley, we wouldn't have one swoggle. <laughs> Thanks, world. We join this match in progress as Liar hits a running senton for a two count, followed by applying a head scissors, which Finley reverses into a leg lock and a bow and arrow hold. European uppercuts and a flying forearm continues the attack before raking the eyes of Jushin multiple times, followed by an Irish whip and charges in with a shoulder tackle. But Liger moves, sending Finley into the corner Shoulder first. Posted. I love the double eye rakes and the ref's like, no, sir. (laughs) Jushin hits a release German suplex for a two count before heading up top, only for Finley to drop kicking off to the floor. Dave follows out to run Liger into the guardrail before bringing him back into the ring the hard way. Finley climbs to the top rope and goes for a diving headbutt. But Jushin... Moves to avoid and hits a Liger Bomb for a near fall. Jushin with a Fisherman Buster for a two count. Goes for another suplex, but Finley mule kicks Liger to escape. Right in the Liger Bombs. David then hits a Tombstone Piledriver and a Gut Wrench Power Bomb for the pin and and the win. win. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't expecting Finley to beat old... 
Liger. Oh no, me neither. I was like, oh, he, like <laughs> he had some good heel work in there. He was being a little dirty, and uh, I didn't expect him to win. I mean, I should have expected it because we know Liger will lay down for anybody. Yeah. I should expect also it also for the for the for the he'll lay down in the right spots for the he's he's not afraid to yeah. do it. That's why he's one saying, of the best. Having not seen Finn Finley outside of a WCW or WWF ring, yeah. It shouldn't surprise me that he's actually winning matches. Yeah. Liger is kind of the anti-Hogan. It's like, oh, yeah, sure, I will do whatever I think is best for the for pro wrestling. But we also know New Japan likes to have those uh, upsets. Under upsets on day one to kind of get people going, oh, no, our favorites, because yeah. while Pegasus and Liger are probably the two favorites for the tournament... Because Pegasus won the last year. Yeah. Liger oh, is fucking Liger. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's, yeah. The, he's the mastermind here. So, two of the favorites have now taken a loss on day one yeah. of the tournament. They got, if this was a bracket, the bracket would have busted. But it is a round robin, so everyone just gets two points for a win, and they move forward to the next matchup. But we then move to disc two, basically. And the announcers are discussing what has happened since day one of the tournament. Catch up on those results. We see a list of names. They're all in Japanese, so I can't really tell you who's in first place at this point. But these next three matches are actually were held in Sendai Miyagi on June 1st. I do like that everything's in Japanese except for Taka. It just says Taka. In the, on the, uh, like, you know, the scorecard, if you will. So we get our fifth match, Wild Pegasus versus Dean Malenko. And all I'm thinking is like, well, this has got to be a barn burner, right? They're brothers. They're bros. And this is on day seven of the tournament. It's joined in progress as Dean turns Pegasus over into a Texas cloverleaf, only for Wild Pegasus to make the ropes. Malenko pulls Pegasus out to the middle of the ring and looks to apply the cloverleaf once again. But while Pegasus cradles him up, for a two count. Pegasus comes back with a body slam. Goes up top for a diving headbutt. But Dean moves in time. Yeesh. Malenko with a tiger driver for a near fall. Goes for a clothesline. But while Pegasus ducks and tries for a crucifix. Only to turn it into a sunset flip. For a two count. Pegasus then goes for a body slam. Which Dean floats over. So while Pegasus gives a back elbow. And starts to run the ropes only to be kicked by Malenko, and looks for another Tiger Driver. But Pegasus fights out to reverse it into a backslide pin attempt, which Dean blocks. So while Pegasus then floats over into a cradle for the pin, and, and the, the win. win. I mean, it's a great reversal. Yeah, that, that whole last sequence is just like... Artful? Yes. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. It was like, when I was, I was like, oh, it's, it's Dean... And um, and Peggy, it's like, all right, well, there's gonna be something impressive in here, and uh, that sequ- that last sequence, uh, really got the blood moving. So we go to our sixth match, Dave Finley versus Masayoshi Motegi, and this match is also on day seven. Motegi is from Wrestle Dream Factory, so he was our other non New Japan guy. It's a hell of a name of a promotion that I've never heard. Wrestling Dream Factory. <laughs> we join this match as Finley hits a rolling ca- fireman's carry 
and a powerball. He tries for a clothesline only for Bategi to duck and taking down with a crucifix for the pin and, and the, the win. win. Lost to a crucifix. That's, I know. That's the Finley I know. <laughs> <laughs> that rolling fireman's scary. Real great way to, yeah. to if you're going to, you know, just you're just trying to show us the, the end. I'm like, all right, well, it's a good starting point. So now we go to our seventh match. Super Delphin versus Black Tiger. Two. On day seven as well. Black Tiger number two. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, wait, is this their second match? Yeah. But it's still the same one that we know. Yeah, yes. And it always takes me a minute to remember that too. Until I actually <laughs> see him move around in the ring. It's like, oh yeah. Because the hair, it throws me off. I always forget about his... Bleached. Bleached hair. Yeah. yeah, it always throws me off, too. I'm like, oh, it's Chris Jericho. And I'm like, it's not Chris Jericho. It just <laughs> looks like it could be Chris Jericho. That's right. It's, this is a tiger, not a lion, okay? <laughs> Black Tiger comes off the top rope with a frog splash for a two count as we join the match. And yeah. follows it up with a fallaway slam for a near fall. As soon as that frog splash comes in, you know who it is. Yep. Tiger goes back up top, only for Delphin to meet him there this time. And arm dragging down to the mat before hitting a victory roll for a two-count. Super Delphin looks for another victory roll, only to transition into a sunset flip. But Tiger stays up and punches down. You know I love that. Black Tiger with a brain buster for a near fall. Hits a second rope tornado DDT for the two-count. He then sets Delphin up on the top, but Super Delphin fights back, knocking Tiger to the mat. The crowd is pumped for this match, by the way. As they should be. Super Delphin to hit a tornado DDT of his own for a near fall. I'm not sure if this is the show of German suplexes or tornado DDTs. A little bit of both. Yeah, I mean, if you had to pick two two moves, those like those they're going hand in hand. They're they're uh, tagging in and tagging out. Who's who's the hot tag? Black Tiger then hits a pop up power bomb for a two count. He goes for another one, but Delphin reverses it into a DDT and then applies the Delphin clutch for the pin and, and the win. win. Pop up power bomb. Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, that match ruled. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> I mean, all of this has been very good. We move on to disc three for us. Yes, not day three, but. But another day. And the announcers are discussing what's happened again in the last few days. And we're now in Takamatsu Kagawa on June 8th for our next three matches with an attendance of 2,950 people. And once again, they do show us the records of the competitors. Still in Japanese, so I'm still not real sure who's in first, second, third, fourth. I have an idea of what matches Taka won. Exactly. What is the the Taka theme song? Uh, He says the F word. Yes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I can't remember. He's not using that. it at this point. No, 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 he's not. But I, every time I see him now, I just think about that. So we go to our eighth match. And this is from day 12. Dean Malenko versus Tokamitsu Ishizawa. Now, Ishizawa was a young lion still. so he, And he was the only young lion in this tournament. In black trunks, baby. But he would come back from excursion as Kendo Kashin, which is a name that we'll become more familiar with All right. as we go. Join it in progress. Yes. 
as Malenko is taken down with a DDT for a two count. But Dean comes back with an Olympic slam before locking on a Texas Cloverleaf, which Ishizawa escapes momentarily. So Malenko goes to apply it again, only for Tokamitsu to roll up Dean for a near fall. Several right hands from Malenko when Ishizawa would leap to take Dean down into a cross arm breaker for the submission and, and the win. It's cool the way he like, you know, Dean throws the rights and then he just catches a right with his legs into an armbar submission. It's picturesque. It super quick. And I was just like, Whoa. Like, like, yeah. like I had to rewind it and watch it again. Cause I was just like, that was so quick with Dean just like tapping. It was yeah. Like, quick and clean. And it's just, yeah, it sounds it, it sounds like, oh, well, he just submitted him real quick. But it's, not only is he a young lion, but, I mean, come on. I'm used to Boston Crabs from my young lions. This was, uh, this was good shit. And it's Dean fucking Malenko. And it's Dean Malenko. The man of a thousand holds. And he just got, and he got, submission. and he done got held. Yeah. We then go to our ninth match. Wild Pegasus versus Super Delphin, still on day 12. And then we see Pegasus setting Delphin up on the top rope for a superplex as we join the action. The two start trading chops until Super Delphin goes low with a forearm. Body slams Wild Pegasus and heads up top to hit a missile dropkick for a near fall. Another dropkick sends Pegasus to the floor, which Delphin follows out with a top rope crossbody. Back in the ring, Super Delphin with a Saito suplex for a two count followed by a stalling brain buster for a near fall. Delphin stays on the attack with a backbreaker, heads up top, and comes off with a splash for a two count. Super Delphin then starts running the ropes, ducks a clothesline, and goes to leap up for a victory roll, but while Pegasus just throws him off onto the mat. A bridging dragon suplex. A bridging German suplex. And a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker. All for two counts. Delphine, Delphine, you're getting Delphine chance for good reason. Pegasus then heads up top for a diving headbutt for a near fall. Mm, I thought it was over. While Pegasus then hits a jackknife powerbomb. He tries for a second one, but Delphine reverses it into a victory roll that doesn't roll Pegasus over. While Pegasus then charges into a big boot in the corner, allowing Super Delphine to go for a second rope tornado DDT. But Pegasus just shoves him off. I've seen this before. Only for Delphin to come right back with a victory roll. Which while Pegasus sits down on the shoulders. For the pin. And, and the win. win. It's uh, pretty hot shit. I mean, Delphin and Wild Pegasus. Exactly. Does Delphin stick around for a while? Do I, I After watching this, I dug into Delphin and like... I feel like the, his most famous stuff is the New Japan stuff, and then he just kind of works like smaller promotions that <coughs> aren't... Well, he's the ace of Michinoku Pro. Yeah, yeah. People don't talk about Michinoku Pro a whole lot, and he's just one of those... He's just. I'm pretty sure that, to date this recording, that I think that he was on the schedule for the Hannah Kimura Memorial Show. So I think he's like still around, but he never... He, like considering what we've seen in just recently, going through the show we do here, he doesn't seem to go, get to the highs that we might 
assume or were potentially capable of what we see in ring yeah, is a way to put it, I guess. So we're headed to our 10th match. Jushin, Thunder Liger versus El Samurai on day 12. Liger! This match is joined in progress as Liger hits a backbreaker and heads up top for a diving headbutt for a two count. Don't we all know that the diving headbutt just doesn't land at this point? I figure so. Based on what we've seen. Liger tries for a tombstone pile driver, but Samurai reverses it into one of his own before heading up top for a splash, only for Jushin to move in time. Liger hits a Liger bomb for a near fall. He looks for another, only for El Samurai to counter with a roll-up, but Jushin rolls through for a two-count. Show tie by Liger. He then misses a clothesline, so Samurai hits a Russian leg sweep before locking on a submission hold. But Jushin powers out. El Samurai with a powerbomb, a neckbreaker, and a back suplex for a two count. I mean, you know, just give it give it all to him. He tries for a crucifix pin, but Liger counters it into a Samoan drop, before heading up top for a missile dropkick, which Samurai shoves away. Ah, oh, he must have watched some other matches we've seen. El Samurai then goes up to the top rope, for a missile dropkick of his own. He then hits multiple inverted DDTs. Mm-hmm. For the pin. And, and the win. win. That, uh, those dropkicks to the back of the head are real. And again, not expecting Liger to lose this. Ah, you, that's the thing about, <laughs> about like, exploring... One of the best of Super Juniors, like... Just exploring the career of Liger in general. It's like, the man is not afraid to stare at the lights, and that's kind of one of the reasons that he means so much to people. In a weird way, it's like, he's just... He just... He's just a fucking good guy and a great wrestler. I mean, I don't know the man, but that's, like, based on his win-loss record, there's a good chance that it could be 50-50 if you took every match that's recorded on Cage Match. Honestly, it could be like that. And how many matches did they have? I mean... Leading up to this, are, are these all the matches? No, they're okay. like everybody each, had ten matches. Each person had ten matches. Ten matches. Okay, yeah, that's what I was trying to figure so out. They're like because... sprinkled in through um, like touring shows, okay. and then so seven, the final will be like on what we would a call pay per view day tour. Okay, yeah. and each show probably had five matches. Okay, we're just we're just seeing some of them. Yeah, that's where I was yeah, trying yeah. to figure out. Like, okay, we've seen Liger lose twice, but now he's gonna. Move on into the finals. So that's where, yeah. as so, I was watching, as like most what the likely, fuck? as probably most likely, he has only two losses yeah. of the entire show. Yeah, probably one of the reasons that they were such a a thing that was recapped on television because, like, yeah. but. so we move off to disc four for us, which was called what was it? Super uh, strong, super strong men declaration. declaration. Yeah, because I was looking at that thinking, shit, this is it. it doesn't say the same title. They gave me the wrong <laughs> yeah. thing. Super strong machines uh, <laughs> declaration. But the announcer welcomes us outside the Osaka Prefectural Gymnasium in Osaka, Japan. Is that Osaka Joe Hall? No. Okay. He would go over the standings to tell us who would be in the finals of the tournament. And the crowd for this show was 6,850 people. Nice. Hell yeah. So we get our 11th match. The finals. Of the best of the Super Juniors. 1994. Jushin, Thunder Liger, versus Super Delphin. Liger. Because Super Delphin, 
A bit of a costume change here. A little bit. Duffin is out in a half liger, half Delphin look. And that yeah, and with my head, it fucked with my head a little bit. But once you realize, it's like, well, Delphin, he doesn't his his Jushin's head too. <laughs> <laughs> it's a yeah, Delphin's sleeveless. Yeah, and if he wasn't sleeveless, it would have been a lot more difficult. I mean, all I really had to do was look at their their mask and yeah, you know, for I sure knew it right away. But it was just I kept looking, thinking when the match first started. Okay, well, it looks like Jushin, but. What if they dressed up as him? What if he actually got a different costume? Yeah, for yeah. This one? Are, we, are they going to make this goofy? Probably not. We're no. in Japan. So the two trade arm bars and leg locks to begin when Jushin transitions into a camel clutch, only for Delphin to escape quickly and start kicking Liger. Jushin then hits a tilt a whirl backbreaker and locks on the Romero special. Super Delphin escapes momentarily, only to be placed into a head scissors, which reverses it into a headlock. Neckbreaker by Delphin begins choking and locking on a head scissors of his own before hitting multiple knee drops across the face. Kind of um, flair style knee drops. A little bit. The two start running the ropes where Liger hits an arm drag, only for Super Delphin to come back with an head scissors takedown and a drop kick to send Jushin to the floor. Delphin looks to fly out of the ring, but Liger moves away. So Super Delphin poses for the crowd instead. Delphine! Delphine! Back in the ring, Delphine stays on the attack with a body slam before turning Jushin over for a single leg crab, but then transitions into a Boston crab, which Liger powers out of. He has that single leg crank before the, the crab, and he just has one of his, his other foot on uh, Liger's head, and I'm just like, oh, that's so good. Also, Delphine's gear has he's got a dolphin on his chest <laughs> it's great super delphin goes right to a camel clutch before slamming jushin into a turnbuckle goes for mounted punches only for jushin to escape with a power bomb i mean if you're gonna escape if you can escape with a power bomb it's a pretty good way to escape slam that fucker on his head mm-hmm. multiple drop kicks to the knee of delphin liger with the knee drop to the same knee before locking on a figure four only for Super Delphin to roll his way to the ropes to escape. Chops by Jushin, goes for a kapoo kick in the corner, only for Delphin to move out of the way a bit. Ah, so, you know, more damage to the leg. I think this might be smart wrestling. A little bit. Liger goes for an enziguri, but Super Delphin ducks, allowing Jushin to come back with a back suplex. Oh, he ducks, but then he hits a pose. Liger misses a showtie. Allowing Delphin to hit a drop kick to send Jushin to the floor. Super Delphin then leaps to the top and flies out to the floor with a crossbody. Delphine! Delphine! Back in the ring, Liger runs into a big boot, and Delphin hits a sunset flip for a two count, followed by a victory roll for a near fall. Super Delphin stays on the attack with a Saito suplex, a body slam. He comes off the top with an elbow drop. That Macho Man would have been proud of oh, for a two count. Fuck yeah. Delphine goes for a pile driver. And it's hot. The crowd is stomping up a storm. But Liger counters into a tombstone pile driver of his own before coming off the top with a diving headbutt. No, don't do that. A super Delphine avoids. Oh my gosh. When in doubt, don't headbutt. That forces Jushin to the floor to recover. Delphine follows out with a double axe handle. 
a DDT on the concrete floor. Ooh, I mean, you know, we had the the, el- the big elbow and then double axe handle to the floor. Those are Macho Man's biggest moves outside of the toddler walking. Greatest hits right there. Yeah. Delphin then runs Liger into a ring post. Post. Hitting a hurricanrana off the apron. It's pretty scary. Jushin doesn't make it back into the ring until the very last second. Wait, 19, man. Super Delphin then hits a second rope tornado DDT and locks on the Delphin clutch <laughs> for the pin. <laughs> and no, no, Liger kicks out. For sure, it was him. Crowd stomp. Super Delphin goes for a super back suplex, but Jushin floats over and lands on top for a near fall. Liger tries for a suplex, but a mule kick by Delphin phases Jushin long enough to send Super Delphin running the ropes, only for Liger to come back with a kapoo kick to send Delphin out to the floor. It's hot. It's hot in here. Jushin flies to the floor with a somersault senton over the top rope. Oh my god. Back in the ring, Liger hits a top rope hurricanrana for a two count. Goes for a Liger bomb. Which Super Delphin reverses into a roll-up. Oh my god. Only for Jushin to roll through oh my god. for a T-Count. He like, yeah, he does the it's almost like a does a popped up Hurricane Rana type of vibe. Liger rolls through. It's a lot of emotions really quickly. Seamlessly. Liger sets Delphin on the top rope and hits a superplex. For the pin. And, and the win. win. And Jushin, Thunder Liger, is your best of the Super Juniors winner. I know, and like, he... Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, is that it is surprising at the same time, because he's, like, he didn't win the last Jacob. No. And he's hasn't won every Super Junior tournament. Like, so, you know, he rides that line where it's exciting when he wins, and it's meaningful when he loses. Also, nice to see that a superplex ended a match. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, Vern Gagne would be proud of a superplex being not only sold, but uh, leading to a pin and win. So I ask you, gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of Best of the Super Juniors 1994? Wow. <laughs> I mean, the it's one of those things where the more the longer the match the more of the match we got because mm-hmm. a lot of these are yep. clips or ending sequences. The more of the match you got, the better the match was, so it makes you kind of long for seeing everything that led up to some of those ending sequences because you're like, "Oh yeah, that was really cool, but wrestling is storytelling." Yeah. yeah. So the best stuff here is the stuff that is given the most time. So it's kind of hard to be like, oh, well, like, there's a lot of innovative and great stuff throughout. And really cool stuff that happens, but leading up to it is, is like, what makes it count. So the longer match, the better match. Which isn't necessarily fair to everything that we saw, but, like, that's just... That's what what this, like, art form, sport, like, style of entertainment is, that's how it works. So, just seeing, you know, one move isn't the whole story. Yeah. 
It's like watching, you know, the last five minutes of Reservoir Dogs and not watching the rest of it. It's like, well, all right. Like, I have, I don't care who gets shot. I don't know who I like. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, the few longer matches that we got were definitely better. The show itself was good. It, uh, I wish there was more to it. I wish I could understand some of the stuff that they were saying on there, obviously. Yeah. But with that being said, even with the language barrier there and not understanding what they are saying as they are calling the matches, you can't help but be drawn in by everything that's happening on there because they all just blend so perfectly and seamlessly together. And you get a feel for, like, the crowd. Yeah. It's like, we, they all know that, like, Pegasus is really good, but they gotta have that, you know, that pride of, like, we... We want Delphin. Exactly. Fuck you, Delphin. And Delphin is so fucking over that it's kind of crazy. Well, the finals was actually held in Delphin's hometown. Oh, so okay. that's so smart. God damn it, they know what they're. God damn it, they know what they're doing. I love watching these guys just outperform each other. Yeah. So trying they're because they're literally just going out there and just trying to outshine it feel, each other. It, just making the best match that they possibly can. Yeah, it feels like they're trying, they're doing it for themselves, but they're also, like, they're, yeah, it's, it's, it's fucking, it, it's great. It's great, it's great, but yeah, they, it gets a little showy, but it never gets to the point where you're, like, rolling your eyes and be like, all right, dude, okay. <laughs> like, everyone's working, everyone's on the same page, and they're all bringing their own thing. It, obviously, since... I think we really only had we only had one full match being out of all this the final out of these matches that we covered. This is definitely not as good as the Super J Cup because we saw every single match, full match yeah. and everything. Yeah, like this could have been a better tournament. We don't have like But we're never we... we're never going to obviously watch seventeen days worth of matches either to yeah. cover something on here. No, no. So thank you. Yeah, we get a, we get a, we get a taste for it, but the J Cup is special for a reason because it yeah. happened in one night because it's all right there and there's a story that happens throughout the evening, and you know that's why these tor- tournaments in Japan are fun and special and totally worth following along with. So you know it's 2021 and uh, get your J Cup and G1 sign up, guys. It might not be like this, but I guarantee you. It's better than the alternative. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smark it up. So what are some of the best moments of the smart, show? Smart. Uh, Young Lion armbar. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When he catches the fist into the armbar, and uh, who is it that even tapped? The, it I haven't. Malenko. It was Malenko, Malenko yeah. yeah. And it's just so fresh in my head because it's like, well, I haven't seen that before. Pretty wild. When Delphin does the rolling German into a bridging German on Taka in the first match. Oh my god, yeah. I was just like, oh, that's where that move come from. Yeah, for sure. The the rolling German. This is the night of German suplexes. <laughs> <laughs> and Tornado DDTs. Don't forget those two. I mean, even even on the matches, like literally, that we got like just 20 the, seconds of. Yeah, just the last bit of the finishing sequence. We can... Find something good about yes. it. That, that's the thing about this show is like every single thing is good on this show. Yeah, it's because I mean, for the most part, they're showing us the 
very best parts of those matches. For sure. And there was no Negra Casas. Or Ricky Fuji's. <laughs> uh, I liked Ricky Fuji's energy. But we did have a Tokimitsu Ishizawa. Yes, we, yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> he was the crossbreaker. Yeah, cross yeah, 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 yeah. It was so good, and it's from a young line. It was an I upset. Loved, I loved seeing the Texas Cloverleaf because that that was always that was actually one of my favorite holds back in the day. For sure. Yeah, Every time I, I see I a think clover, that's why I love Dean Malenko so much. Is when whenever somebody busts out that move, uh, it's it's like a cozy blanket kind of. Oh, uh, you're like <laughs> I remember when this was a thing. Yep. Every time I see it, I'm kind of like, oh, it's a sharpshooter. I'm like, it's not a sharpshooter. No, it's not a sharpshooter. It's not a sharpshooter, but like, for some reason, my brain sees it as a sharpshooter. I don't know why. I mean, the only two people that I know that use it anymore is Ripley and Nick Aldis. Oh, okay. So Seamus busts it out every now and then. I know Hunter used to do it. If he'll ever have another match, who knows? But yeah, I want to say yeah. Seamus was the last I saw in the of the men in the WWE anyways. Anything disappointing... Other no, than just sometimes we, we get, only get yeah. 10, 15 seconds of a match. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, we would it'd be easy for uh, easier for us to say what match we liked the most if we got to see full matches. Yeah. So, like, for the sake of being honest and transparent, you pick the last match because it's the only one you got all of. Yeah. Which I think would also lead us into our best performer of Delphin. Del, yeah, I, w- I would go I mean, we saw We saw three Delphin matches and just some of the stuff that he was doing in those matches. Like He was crispier than he was yeah. uh, in J-Cup and he was more over. He was the hometown hero for the last match. Like Delphin, that's what we were like, hey, what did this guy go on to do? And it's like, well, he's kind of most famous for his New Japan stint kind of than anything else. And it's kind of a shame because you're like, holy fucking crap. Yeah, it's kind of like Hayabusa, where there's Hayabusa fans, but Hayabusa's known for some of the exploits that he did that were taped or on bigger promotions, as opposed to the thing that he really pushed himself into, which is not a household name, even in the world of wrestling. How about most surprising? Young Lion Arm Barwin. Dave Finley with hair. Oh with yes, long dark hair. Yeah, Dave. Dave Finley was good. Dave <laughs> Finley being considered a junior. That too. Yeah, I didn't think of that. that I mean, way. I mentioned it earlier. Finley kind of reminded me of like Scott Norton here. Yeah. He looks like Scott Norton here because he's just a beefy boy. Like Scott Norton with Scott Hall's hair. Yeah, I mentioned it. <laughs> I mentioned it earlier. Whenever like New Japan likes to have those upsets on day one to kind of subvert the expectations. expectations. But Otani beating Wild Pegasus and Finley beating Liger on the day one matches, those would have definitely been shocks. For Back sure. Then, they were definitely shocks now, too. Yeah. Because I was not expecting either one of those. I mean, we love a bracket breaker. Making their way to the ring. It's trivia time. Oh, shit. What the, you got for us this time, Matthew? This week, the category is... The Numbers Game. The Numbers Game. Uh-huh. What I say? It's the Numbers Game. Thir- 13, 24. I'm just... Eh. Okay. Talk, man. All right. I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> or so hit Brutus. Get, so you can get five points for a correct answer. 
three points if we go to multiple choice. The question is, which wrestler had the best winning percentage with over five matches? This is the most numberies number yeah. numbers game. I just yeah, my brain kind of fart. Okay, the best winning so the percentage is not a number. The answer is not a number. Okay. Oh my god! <laughs> the best winning percentage. Yes. So just think. But of, what's the five match part again? They just had to wrestle over five matches because oh. obviously we had, oh, yeah, yeah, we had I got quite you. a few people that wrestled. We saw wrestle one match and they won it. So mm. obviously they would have a one hundred percent winning percentage. I gotcha. So I kind of qualified it with five matches. That's a tough one. You're talking like full on pins. Wins. Full, full on wins the pin and the win. So if he was in a tag team that lost, he got a loss. If he was on a Survivor Series and he wasn't a Survivor, he got a loss. I mean, we're all just he like was thinking in the Royal of, Rumble the, of and he didn't win. He got a loss. <laughs> oh wow, a big. We're thinking of the big golden giant, though, right? Do you guys want to make a guess? The king, the king of the, choice. the king of the eye rake. Do you want to just do multiple choice? Or do you want I mean, to, do I don't you have know. A, an answer that mm, you're. Mm, I'm. Uh, ugh. I mean, I, I'm. I will submit myself to multiple choice because I need the points. I can't lose. I'm going to, but I can't. Can't allow it. It's not uh, my favorite wrestler of all time, Tom Zink. <laughs> Unfortunately, he was kind of born to lose a little bit. Z-Man, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> no, we're not talking about Z-Man. It was a joke. Looking up at the lights. Yeah, he's I'm I'm down for there. multiple choice. Shane, then you got a guess? Yeah, let's just go multiple choice. I'm down for multiple choice. Okay, your multiple choice options are Dusty Rhodes, Hulk Hogan, Ricky Steamboat, Ultimate Warrior. I am going to, based off of the last episode, go with Ultimate Warrior <laughs> for the sake of. Making bad decisions, like some people named first name, ultimate, last name, warrior. That answer is correct. Oh my god! Yep. There's Once something... I heard that one, I was like, yep, that's the one. Yeah. There's something so great about uh, Matt, you should really be... Why are you not the who wants to be a millionaire guy? You're very good at this. So you guys ready for some bonus questions? Sure. Great. Price is right rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me the winning percentage. Eighty-two percent. One dollar. Oh my gosh! You son of a bitch. Shane's going with the. I'm sorry for calling your mom a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> with the one percent, and that would get Shane two points. Woo! It's okay. As the answer was seventy-seven point seven eight percent. Damn. He went fourteen and four. I got some more bonus points for. Oh you. my gosh. Yeah. I got the rest of the top five. Uh. Write down five names. Okay. And any of them that are on my list, you get a point for. Is this from episode one to... Episode 80. So it's 83 to 92. And if they were in a tag team but also had a solo, their tag team losses would count against them? Yes. Okay. All right. (laughs) I got a weird list. I just got... I was like, I can't overthink this. (laughs) Alright, weird variety here, and some of them are just stupid to be on here, but... Alright, Michael, go ahead and read off your list. Hulk Hogan, The Stinger, Flair for the Gold, Honky Tonk Man, 
And then uh, we're going Hawk of the Road Warriors. See, that was one I had on there too, but then I took it off because... Yeah, the Road Warriors don't lose. How about you, Shane? I have... Uh, I also have Hogan. One Mr. Arn Anderson. I have a Jake Roberts. I have a Kurt Hennig. And for some reason, a Terry Taylor. Ooh, I love Terry Taylor. <laughs> Well, this wasn't a very fun question because you only both got one each. Oh my gosh. Obviously Hogan. being Hogan. Yeah. Who was second place with 75.86%. Tied for third place with 75% of winning percentage. Jimmy Valiant and Samoan Savage. We've seen... Yeah, would not have guessed I don't even remember those. five Valiant <laughs> matches and I like Valiant. I'm a fan. And then in... Tied for fifth place with 71.43%, Ricky Steamboat. Oh my gosh, I feel like the boat always loses. He just goes away <laughs> instead of losing. Doink the Clown. Oh my god. And Giant Gonzalez. Oh my god. Yeah, we uh, were I like, did have five I guess if you don't wrestle much. Ish. Well, see, that's what I was thinking of at first, too, was, all right, so Virgil, was... no. Sapphire, she only had like... <laughs> Two matches. Yeah. The only time I mean, it's that a fun list. Doink, Giant Gonzalez, and Ricky Steamboat will ever be in the same, same category. Same <laughs> yeah. yeah. Next week, King of the Ring 1994. Oh my gosh, I'm excited for King of the Ring. I, I miss the days where I was excited for King of the Ring. Like the King of the Ring. You can be now. Sucks. Yeah. No, but, but you can be now. I saw a thing recently uh, where like Shinsuke Nakamura was wearing a the like a crown and somebody was playing like guitar to his like theme song and i was like yo are we gonna get a wild nakamura push that'd be fun i guess but who would you want to wear a crown right now in in wwe in 2021 more than shinsuke nakamura i want nobody to wear a crown in wwe (laughs) i want the damn crown to go away for a few years so that no one's had can... one in a while, right? They just oh, call him we... King Corbin. He yeah, we still have King... King Corbin. He's he oh. just has a different type of crown now. Oh, he yeah. has no, like they just a need to Game go back to a one night tournament. Yep. And the winner getting a title shot at SummerSlam. You yeah, know they need to go how to. much I love the wrestling classic, the Rolls Royce of wrestling shows, mm-hmm. where somebody won a Rolls Royce. That's what they told me. Yeah. Music from this week's show is the score by Emerson Lake and Powell. And Jushin Thunder Liger won our main event, so we play his theme song, Ikaro no Jushin, by Yumi Hiroki. Their weekly television show had a great intro song, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Just want to that put that out there. The score. Oh, like really? Like oh, Pow. okay. It was very good. That's why it's their theme I know, song. but it, yeah, it just. ELP, man. First band I ever saw live? That's right. You saw Palmer. Palmer, for sure. But I mean, he was the OG. If you like this episode or any of our other ones, please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, recipes? Recipes! Come on! We're, we're going, going to... Where are we going? The King of the Ring is... Baltimore! Uh, yeah, it's right here on my, my paper. Okay. We're going to Baltimore. Ooh, we're going back to Maryland. We had crab cakes last time. What the hell are we going to have from Baltimore now? Hard drugs and harder times. Hey, the harder the better. 
But if you have any of those things, please email us at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com. Not hard times or hard, dr- hard drugs. Oh, no, we're kidding. These are <laughs> jokes. I mean, if you could email hard drugs, that'd be impressive. Yeah, if you could no, email hard drugs. I've seen those emails before. Yeah. Those are just a scam. <laughs> <laughs> if you could, yeah, if you could email hard drugs, man. Like, holy shit. Like, people are out here wasting money on Bitcoin, for Christ's sake. We got a Nigerian prince somewhere that's trying to email me some drugs now. <laughs> <laughs> life is a drug. Get a high on life. Get a high on wrestling. Or you can always find us on Twitter at Wrestling HistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. We'll talk to you next week. Later.